Praise the Lord. Well, let's go ahead and look into uh, today. Man, I just uh, tickle. I, I, t- I titled this message, Your Kingdom Come. Uh, we're looking into the book of Acts and the kingdom of God. What we see in the book of Acts is the kingdom of God clashing with the domain of darkness. That's what we see. We see, uh, we see the, the here, you know, just like in Jesus's ministry, and then Jesus takes his spirit. He tells them, you know, don't go run off anywhere. But let me, let me back up. We're, the, the beauty of this, as uh, Todd started this, is we're returning to our roots. What are our roots? Well, in the church, we don't want to go to church tradition. We want to go to the original breath of God coming into the life of his people that were with being discipled by Jesus and him explaining to them who he is and what he's going to do. And it was Jesus's turn and now it's their turn. And the kingdom came through Jesus. Now it's going to come through ordinary people who are supernaturally empowered by the Holy Spirit. And this is what, I think this is what really, um, gosh. Who am I? You know, who, who am I? I didn't come from anywhere. I don't have any pedigree, anything other than, uh, I kind of jokingly laugh about my life and say, the Lord looked at me and said, you are not doing anything. Come on, let me, let me do something with you. And, this, and he started doing stuff. I remember playing my guitar and the Holy Spirit coming and I'm only like 17 years old and the Holy Spirit falls in the room and the dog and the cat, the dog and the cat worship with me. They just come under that glorious presence of God and they're like, I'm going, the presence of God affects creation. It changes people. It, it affects the environment. The Holy Spirit comes so readily to pour into us. Here I am, a little broken, abused, unhealed, bound individual. The Spirit of God doesn't seem to mind all that. He just says, I'm going to give you a foretaste of who you are going to become. I'm going to get you taste the power of God. I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to show you how valuable you are. And I don't get it. I don't get it. For years, I don't get it. I still feel like I'm on the outside looking in and God's got me right there under his arm. How many of you like that? You feel like he's just pulling you right into the activity of who he is and what he wants to do. And, and you feel like this, maybe that's for other people. Aren't we all just a bunch of orphans that God gathers around his table and says, I'm going to heal that. I'm going to free you from that. And to cause you to be more than what you could ever imagine being. I have plans for you and you have no idea or you just get in the way. How many of you pretty much who died and left you God? And so we look into the book of Acts what is the first century church that we're seeking to understand about? I mentioned Jesus. And Jesus is gathering his disciples together for 40 days. Do I have a picture next? I don't know what's up there. Oh, here it is. And it says his words, After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. 
he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and he spoke about the kingdom of God. Go to the picture. So, so he's just explaining. He's there in person. 40 days. 40 days. And he's talking about the kingdom. He's, te- he's teaching them about the kingdom. And the kingdom, of, we can put the next slide. The kingdom is royal power. It's kingship. It's dominion. This is when you go into the, like, the blue letter Bible and you look up this word and it, it just defines it. It's not to be confused with an actual kingdom, but rather the right or authority to rule over a kingdom. It's an invisible kingdom of the royal power of Jesus as the triumphant Messiah, of the royal power and dignity conferred on Christians. You see, Jesus is talking to them about this kingdom, and he was the display of it. And then he's leaving, and now he's going to invest that kingdom power and authority into individuals and people called his church. He's going to put his kingdom in us. The kingdom, the territory, the territory subject to the rule of a king. Now, I have discovered, and it's, true, it's so true, just basic scriptures like this is one I really cherish recently. I just look over to again and again and again. It says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. This is Paul talking We have this treasure. It's not us. Now, here's the beautiful thing about it. Jesus had the same attitude. He says he's carrying the treasure. We would think, no, Jesus is the treasure. No, you know what he he considered the treasure? To do the Father's will and submit to the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus as a human being, as a pure, just a, a, he, he lets go of everything, all the privileges of being God and takes on the form of being a servant. And he literally serves us by listening to Father's will. And he's modeling this, and then he's going to leave, and he wants us to be like that. He even says these extraordinary things like, even greater works shall you do. What? Let me just say, Jesus never wiped sweat off of his body on a handkerchief and somebody take it down the road and give it to another person and demons leave them. But Paul did. So Jesus made sure that greater works happened through his servants. Jesus didn't have his shadow. Now we know it wasn't the shadow, but Peter They were bringing people in the street and they were just saying, you know, like that lady with the issue of blood, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. People saying, if I could just get in Peter's shadow. It's not really the shadow that had the power, but it was the proximity of an anointed person. Just when I said anointed person, I want to open up your heart to the idea that you are the anointed person. That you are the person carrying the treasure And you are the lights in the midst of a crooked and dark generation. It's you. And there are moments that God has ordained for your light to shine, his light in you, where people will, you'll just, you'll have, he he trains us. He, he, his things come across your mind. Lately, I don't know what it is, but lately, like somebody comes to my mind. I should have been doing this years ago, but somebody comes to my mind, I call them up. You know how strategic sometimes it is? 
the moment I call him up. It's like, it wasn't me, it was the Holy Spirit going, I, I want you to call them because I have something for you. And I don't even know what it is until they make the call. And that, you're like that. We're like that. Now, we're going to get to this, but this is the kingdom, the kingdom of God. You're carrying around and being led of the Holy Spirit and doing things, serving other people. Can we say, yes, I'm in? Okay, I'm in this. Okay. Now, here's the, let me just put up this uh, Colossians 3, 1 through 13. It says, 1, 13, the one before that. He's rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the, the son he loves. In him we have redemption, forgiveness of sins. I just wanted to say that this, we get rescued out of, and look, the, the world is full of this under the domain of darkness. Do you know what darkness, one of the definitions for darkness is obscurity? That's a good definition for how a lot of people feel. Just feel completely obscure. And Jesus goes, you're not obscure to me. You're valuable to me. Wrap your head around this. Jesus knows every single thing about every single person all of the time, and he loves them so deeply that Jesus came and died for them. Everybody, every single person, even the people that are just... um, When I think in terms of people that have given themselves over to witchcraft or uh, that kind of thing, they have a spiritual hunger. They have a spiritual hunger. They just went down the wrong road. They're hunting, right? They're not the enemy. The devil that deceives them is the enemy. And they're in the domain of darkness. And you and I can be around people who are in the domain of darkness and I'm not saying you got to go shout in their face. It's not in there. But there's a beauty of the Spirit of the Lord that causes people to be wooed. Wooed. Wooed to God. And if you have that loving Spirit in you, people get wooed to God because, you know, I like that guy. I don't know why, but he says, seems to be all right to me. They don't really know. It's the kingdom. We're carrying the kingdom of God around. We're, the kingdom of God is something that's literally, like it, it, he says, it's like a seed that's sown. Jesus explained the kingdom of God is like a seed this song. And we sow this, and it grows up. We express the rule of Jesus through our lives. How many of you have had the Lord this last year say, I invite you to die to something? And you give up the rule of that in your life. See, you're leaving the domain of darkness. And he's bringing you into the realm of light. Sometimes, and look, I, I realized when years ago, Pastor Jack Hayford said, uh, refining is a lifelong process. And uh, just a, what, a couple of weeks ago, the Lord touched something inside of me. And I wept and I realized there was a void in my soul where I wasn't loved. And I had no idea it was there. And as I begin to weep and let that out, here I am. This later, I thought that would have been solved a long time ago. But I'm here sitting there weeping. And you know what it's done? It's, it's had a, a profound, not super profound, but it has had a freeing effect in my relationship with my wife. It's like, I didn't even know I had this. But the Lord does. And he cares about us. He just deeply cares about us. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness Peace, what joy in the Holy Spirit. He wants to continually develop, putting us in right relationship with him, giving us a peace that sustains us, 
causing joy to flourish in our life so we can be the witness. There's another slide. So Jesus says, I'm going to leave you guys. Isn't that a great picture? I love that picture. So he's going, going to take off, and they're all looking up there, and they said, they gathered around him, and, and uh, he said, it's not for you to know the times of the Father, but you, let's see, where is it? You will be uh, receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and of Samaria and of the earth. And uh, as he said this, after he, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Could you imagine that? He says, I'm going to leave, and the Father's going to come and pour the Holy Spirit out on you, and you're going to be witnesses. And this suddenly starts floating up in the air. What, a, what an accident. Oh, my God. It just starts taking off, you know. Wouldn't you love to have been there that day? And then, so he takes off, and uh, then these angels show up. Looking, they're looking up there, and he says, Why do you look intently? Why do you stand here looking in the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back. Somebody say, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back the same way you've seen him go. He's coming back in person. Jesus is coming back. Listen, he's coming back. He's coming back. This is our hope. He's coming back. Hallelujah. So the foundation of our faith is this relationship with God and this dependence upon him. Uh, And so we're going to look at this uh, idea. What's the next slide, by the way? Yeah, let's stop right there. So Jesus modeled this beautiful truth of prayer before his disciples. You know, they, they asked him, Jesus did miracles, he taught and everything. They didn't ask about any of that. They said, teach us, what did he say? Teach us to pray. They saw, they had enough sense to see that the prayer life was the foundation of everything else. That there was something. They could look at Jesus and going, the way he sits with the Father, the way he, he spends his time, that's the, that's the mechanism. That's the, that's the powerhouse. That's the, that's the relational grit. That's the, that's the grit. That's, that's what causes all this other stuff to go on. That's where he gets all the ideas he's going to preach. That's where he gets all the, the leading of the Father to go, how come we're going to heal everybody over here this time and this time we're going to just do one? Well, you know, it's like the, the Father's leading him, he, and that's that relationship. So teach us to pray. And, they, and uh, then, so the, anyway, and he also says, I want you to stay here until you're endued with power on high. So they, there's like, as Todd shared last week, there's, uh, Jesus has spent 40 days with them in person after he's been resurrected from the dead and now he's going to take off so now he's just got 10 days left and they do there's a little work they do they that Judas is gone and they replace him with Matthias they do that and then uh, but but mainly they're in there praying and uh and they return to Jerusalem in the mount called Olivet near Jerusalem a Sabbath journey and they entered and went up to the upper room. So in the upper room, they were staying. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas, the son of James. James, all these were with one accord who were devoting. The next slide. All with one accord, all with one accord, devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus. With one accord means with one mind and passion. So they're in this room with one mind, one passion, obeying Jesus, going to do what he says to do. I'll continue with this. The word in King James, it says prayer and supplications. Uh, in the ESV, it says devoting themselves to prayer. So this idea of, uh, they're using the word supplication to develop the concept of devoting. Uh, supplication means need, seeking, asking, and treating God. So even after the Holy Spirit empowered the, uh, after, them, even after this, the Holy Spirit comes upon them, after that happens, what's going on? They still continue with this pattern of prayer. 
uh, as a lifestyle. So Acts 2, they devoted themselves to apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. Todd did a great job with that last week. Now, pa- uh, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the, the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m. That's when that miracle happened with the lame guy. Uh, so there's a pattern of prayer. There's a pattern of prayer. There's a pattern of prayer. Just go ahead and say, I'm going to make sure that I continue and develop. I think even the dormant word, where he says, don't move dormant, that might have been speaking to some of you about, I want your prayer life recharged. And the letter, I feel like the Lord says, see, when you think that you're, if when you have an orphan mentality and you think it all depends on you, and you don't think that this is a wonderful journey and a, a beautiful life that God can take you and do things with you, and you think it's all on you, you're not going to want to do it. It makes the Bible boring. But when you know that God has special plans for you, why don't you just go ahead and step out and take that little risk? Is it worth it? Can I ask you, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Some of you know, yeah, it's worth it, right? And you step out and you're, you're, in, a, you're in a situation, you're not sure how it's going to work out. And the Lord's like, he's tickled. Now why? Because now it's all faith. He's going he's to grow you and he's going to develop you. But if you stay back, you don't grow. He says, hey, I want you to stir, get out of that dormant mentality. Stir up. It doesn't, let me go ahead and say, it does not matter how many disappointments you have had this last year. It don't matter at all. This is a new day, new season, new release of life, new blessing. New, get all that out of your head. It's time to move forward. I feel like saying hot diggity dog. When I stepped into, you pointed it out last week prophetically, when I stepped into the first year, it's like uh, the first two weeks, it was like this barrage of warfare. And you know what the barrage of warfare is about? To try to make me stuck and not move forward. If I hit him enough, and if I create enough confusion, he'll just back off. No, I won't either. I'm not doing that. How many of you know you're needed? The Lord needs you. He doesn't need you full of your flesh. He doesn't need you full of your pride or full of your fears. He needs you available to him to come and be life-giving and full of the Spirit of God and that prayer life. And then now what happens next is, so now the Spirit of God comes. The Holy Spirit falls upon him. And it says, now when the day of Pentecost came, they're all together in one place. Suddenly a sound of the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what, uh, what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated, came on the rest, uh, rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Next slide here. It says, on the day of Pentecost, the kingdom of God manifested in power by the Holy Spirit, pouring out signs and wonders. And the goal was that this empowerment of the Holy Spirit would would make them witnesses. This is the point. Jesus says, I want you to be like me. But now, because, because I, he says, I was God, and I laid aside God stuff, and I'm coming down here and being man, and uh, I could have sinned, but I didn't sin. But you didn't come. For, I'm, now, I'm the firstborn of many brethren. I'm making you like me. So here's what I'm doing. I'm washing away all of your sins. I'm making you sinless. But you have these propensities and vulnerabilities and weaknesses and areas of your life that you'll need to consecrate. Paul's talked about it in Romans 7. He goes, hey, old wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ. So yes, we're all in the flesh. We're all these. But even the mature realize it's not them. 
Even the maturest, the, the ones that they the, the people that are mature in Christ have died to a lot of stuff. It's just they're, they're, they don't have the cravings for the things of the world, the things of the flesh, the things the devil throws at them. They've they learned to discern good and even walk away from that stuff. And they cherish their life-giving relationship with Jesus. And so here's this, uh, so these three things happen. This disciples spoke in tongues, they prophesied, and the Holy Spirit's conviction power was released. And 3,000 people came and they gave their lives to Jesus that day. So you have this supernatural thing. That happens. The Spirit of God. Let's go ahead and uh, the next slide. Uh, oh, that was my whole thing about Paul, Peter on the, yeah. I, so Peter's teaching them that day, and this is 3,000 come. Next slide. And uh, so now he says this. This is, a, he says a lot of stuff, but this is, I'm going to just camp on this just briefly. He says, in the, he's quoting out of Joel chapter 2. He says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Unsaved people. People of other religions. Do you know most Muslims come to the Lord by having a dream of Jesus? His spirit is being poured out on them. We prayed for years over this 1040 window Seeking God to save people from these nations. Bang. Holy Spirit comes. Partnership with the Lord. Beautiful understanding. When the Holy Spirit comes, it's not, it's not an ecstasy that's generated by alcohol or drugs or any other which way that you want to cause dopamine to stir up inside of you to make you feel good. It is the Spirit of the Lord comes to that inner inner place and manifests this beautiful work in and through us. You can compartmentalize or, or, or diminish that and go on about your life and think it's other stuff. But I'm, I'm telling you, cultivating your life with the Holy Spirit and opening up to what He wants to pour into your life on a regular basis is not selfish. It's deeply enriching. I heard somebody, there's so many false teachers out there today. It's phenomenal. You can go find false teachers, brilliant people, intellectuals, saying that God doesn't want you speaking in tongues to edify yourself. Really? Do you even hear what you're saying? The Bible says that's the reason for it. Where are you coming from? I hear this stuff. I have somebody say, did you see this video? I said, yeah, and I got 50 years of talking in tongues. And I get edified. And that's a lie, because I live experientially, 
And the Lord poured his spirit on me and I and I'll go into my old guy. I have fun with that guy. And suddenly I've, I got, you talk about dopamine, man, I can get drunk doing that thing. And what happens? And I'm going, then I sit there and play my guitar and suddenly I get revelation stuff. Oh man, oh, I plead the blood. I start writing songs. Come on, man. This is all stir it up, stir it up. Stir up what's been dormant in you. Stir it up, stir it up. Cause the good things. Jesus said a river of living water is going to flow up out of you. That's just a starting point. And this is in your private life. This is just you going, you know, have fun, have fun with it. Have fun with it. Put it first, make it happen. Put Jesus first. Let's just praise him right now. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. I just feel like, yes, that's me, that's me, that's me. I want, I want your heart. I want, you for, I, want first, I want first place in your life. I want you, I want you, I want you. I want all your affections, your attention. I want you, I want everything about you focused on me these days. I don't want you to be hurt. I want you to have the single-hearted focus. Don't be led away, don't be led astray. Be focused, be focused, because stir up what's in you by the give, laying on of hands. Give that the time Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and praise him. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, back up here. The last days, he says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people, all flesh. Your sons and daughters will, everybody say, prophesy. What in the world's that? Prophesy. Prophesy. To prophesy. We make it too spiritual. We make it too out of reach. It's not out of reach. Now, we're going to talk about it because there's some of it. People that stand in the ministry of a prophet, that's a different thing. But everybody, that's all the sons and daughters. Anybody the Spirit of God comes on is supposed to be able to say something inspired by the Holy Spirit, right? So just get out of the way and open to the Holy Spirit. Young men, uh, you'll see visions, old men, dreams, dreams. Uh, even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my Spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So the next slide. prophecy, to uh, prophesy, to be a prophet, speak forth divine inspirations, uh, to predict. This is just running a little list out of uh, the Blue Letter Bible. The uh, idea of uh, foretelling future events pertaining to especially the kingdom of God, uh, to utter forth, declare a thing which can only be uh, known by divine revelation. Let me just go ahead and tell you, most of the good help that I get, that I help people, most of it, is the Holy Spirit telling me something. I know stuff, but I don't know the realm of a person's heart. But the Lord knows the realm of a person's heart. How many of you, in just in a prayer circle, end up in a prophetic flow of inspiration? See, this is the reason for the prayer circle, is to cause you to be a prophet, to prophesy in your own little world, to be prophetically attuned by hearing you know, it's amazing when you say, oh, let me pray about that. And you start praying and you yield your spirit and you start saying things that are not out of your own mind now. You're blowing up out of the spirit of God from the word of God you put inside of you. He activates this. Next thing you know, you see and say things that you didn't have a clue about the person and all this good stuff's happening. They're sitting there crying like, how'd you know? I said, I don't know. You know, is Jesus good? Yes, he's good. Hallelujah. Don't you love that? Because we're bearing burdens, we're lifting up, we're, the peoples are being healed and touched. This is the kingdom, the kingdom of God, clashing with the realms of darkness. Because you're living a life where you're walking in prayer, you're saying, Lord, you're stirring that up, and then it comes, it's time to 
touch somebody and the Lord just flows it out. Let's just say that's what it's about. This is not about some church religion thing. This is about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God overthrows the realm of darkness. How? By a simple person that wants to spend time with the Lord, stirs up their life in Christ Jesus, memorizes the scriptures, takes the time to meditate on stuff, beats the hell off your back. Hallelujah. How many of you know that God's given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and all the works of the devil and nothing by any means shall harm you? Okay, so you get that in you. Uh, do not break, uh, to break forth in sudden impulse into a lofty discourse or praise for, with divine counsels. How many of you know when in our worship a little while ago, we were just, we're getting into a realm. I don't know, something, I just give myself in the gifting, whatever, I just give it over to the Lord. And I do this thing, I, every now and again, some of you know it, when I get into the ooh thing, and I start doing that, and the Spirit of God starts coming. I don't know, I can't explain it, but it's a psalmic thing. And then I felt drawn to, I just felt drawn, give Todd the microphone. And then he has this word. And it, it, last week it was uh, Emmy just flowing in. The, look, hey, is this good? Are you helped? This is what we're about. We're about kingdom people overthrowing, clashing with darkness. And so this, uh, he that prophesies speaks unto men, edification, exhortation, and comfort. This is to Paul making it super simple. I love this. Years ago, I heard Jack Hayford say this. Uh, he said, uh, Edification, the word edification means to build up. So this is kind of a, when you are saying something and you feel inspired to speak something, does it build them up? The immature sometimes get these little harebrained ideas and they think they're spiritual. And they're little bunny trails, and you go running down this stuff. We've all done that when we're... But when you have the prophetic impulse of the Holy Spirit, if you just pause there, he will actually fill in the blanks. He'll help you understand with the Word of God what you're saying. He'll grow it in you. He'll grow the ability to build people up. So edification means to, everybody say, build up. So you want, when you're saying something by the Holy Spirit, you want to build them up. The next one is uh, exhortation. That means to stir up. How many of you have felt a little bit stirred up today by the word that's been going on? See, it's exhortation. You're being stirred up. And uh, when I say that, see, there's some of you felt very specific. There were some very specific things, specific things. The Holy Spirit's telling you specifically, not generally, but to you specifically. And you get quickened and you're going to act on that. See, that's, that's exhortation, where you prophecy stirs up something. And lastly, the comfort or consolation, everybody say, lift up. So if you're doing those, one of those three things, if there's something building the person up, everybody say, the love of God builds you up. It's always about the love of God. The love of God stirs you up. Let me just say, I was reading a, a little excerpt from the... Spiritual Life Bible about anger. The, God's anger is motivated by love to get you to, he, he's, he's, he expresses anger to break you free from something to put you back into his loving embrace. The whole purpose of it is always motivated by love. Isn't that a trip? He's not a dysfunctional father. He's almighty God. How many of you have felt the, the, the uh, I don't know, the, you're doing something really, really, really stupid for a while and the Lord comes and rescues you out of it and it feels scary. 
until you get there. Is, am I the only one that's ever had to deal with like that? And you feel like, I think he's, I think he's angry with me. But it's a, it's a holy, godly thing that rescued me. Hallelujah. Go ahead and put on the, I'm going to read, read one little part and we'll be done here. How are we doing? Are you glad you faced the cold? So, Acts chapter 4, this kind of this thing builds up where, you know, from 3 they heal, they do the, they heal the beggar, and then uh, there's this reaction in 4, and it goes on down, and there's this, let me, let me say this. When we look at what happened in the book of Acts, we see uneducated guys that hung out with Jesus declaring who Jesus is. They're stepping out and taking risks with this anointing that's been imparted to them. And people get delivered from demonic powers and are receive healing. And they're anointed to speak the word of God in such a way that liberates people and they come into the light and our lives are changed. And it stirs things up. And people in the domain of darkness react. Why? Because the devil is spitting mad that his stuff is being taken from him. How many remember that old song? I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. I took back years of addiction and I'm walking in freedom and the devil is spitting mad because he loves to pick on people with shame and condemnation and he invests a bunch of demons in there to keep you addicted and now you break free from them. And then the, the guy selling you the drugs gets mad because he's demonized. And people just get mad because they're full of the devil. And here you're getting delivered from the devil and there's the conflict. And people use their power governmentally against that. And that's what happened in the book of Acts. And we're in the last days, and we're returning to our roots, and we're seeing the dynamic is the same in the book of Acts as it is today. It's not a gospel-friendly culture anymore. If you preach the liberating word of Jesus, you're called a hater. So how can we love deeper? How can we bless greater? How could we care for people even more? Because when you do and you don't get offended and just keep loving and you keep praying for people and sometimes it's wearisome, but people change and people come out of darkness and people come, you were one of them. How many of you were full of fear before Jesus liberated you? How many were full of the devil in some way? critical some way you were just full of it and Jesus puts his love in you and you feel like things are going to get better 
and you're sort of in transition like, okay, man, am I co-? you're almost uh, going to kind of like a delusion because uh, I feel better, but am I, but I still, oh, where am I? And you start working out your salvation with fear and trembling. I love this verse, for it is God who wills, gives you the will and the to-do to become like Jesus. So you didn't even want to be before, now you desire it, but you don't know how, now it gives you the power to do it. And now you become like the Lord and you're learning how to walk in Him. The kingdom. This is the kingdom. And in this situation here, I was asking the Lord earlier today, I had all this other stuff, and then uh, I, I felt like He said, I want you to talk about this. So here we are in uh, Acts chapter 4, and uh, they're in this prayer. The believers, they're praying. When we they were released, they went to their friends, reported to the chief priests. This is verse 23 of chapter 4. And the elders said to them, and they heard it, and they lifted their voices together to God. They said, Sovereign Lord, who made heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of your, our father David, the, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the nations rage? Which they're quoting Psalm 2. And the people's plot in vain, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord against his anointed the verse 27 for truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate along with the Gentiles the people of Israel to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place and now Lord look upon their threats now watch this very closely look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness. Now, the word boldness doesn't mean get up in your face. All, most of the time in the King James, it's uh, translated openly. It just means a free flow of words, that you're not intimidated, that you're able to speak it and articulate it, and it just flows freely. So we want to continue preaching. We want to continue talking. We want to continue uh, lifting up. So this one, it says, to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Now watch this, verse 30. While you... We're going to do the talking, but while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I want to just go ahead and prophesy. This is coming big time. As the darkness comes big and the persecution increases, the mantle of the stretched out hand of Jesus and the signs of wonders are going to be off the charts. This is the end time harvest passion of God. Will we have the heart of the Lord? Will we fulfill his dream? that he flows through us to other others. Would you just lift your hands to the Lord right now? Just tell him, I'm, I'm in, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. There's a new mentality, a renewed mind, seeing yourself in a new way. The Lord is doing this in me. I'm seeing myself in a new way. I want you, by His Spirit, to see yourself stepping out in a new way under His anointing and leading 
and blessing. Um, Laurie, would you just stand? I want to just pray over you right now. I felt like a, he's, uh, invisible doors are opening. In the name of Jesus, we pray for the Young Life Ministry in this town. We pray for this of mantle over uh, Lori right now. I thank you for these doors. I just see doors opening, uh, relational doors opening. There's so much wounded. We just, some of us, I feel like in the room here, you're going to take up an assignment just to pray for her because she's going through doors and through places to touch the young and bringing them into Jesus, uh, Jesus's love and care. She's an anointed. She's prophetic. She's, uh, but God says, I've saved her for this day to be an evangelist and uh, to, to win hearts, to cause them. Would you just go ahead and pray in the Spirit over her right now? Would you do that? Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I believe now, after praying this way and seeing what I feel like, there's there are strongholds that are coming down when you show up. That the Lord has, uh, there are strongholds in the minds of this generation. And uh, the Lord's anointed you to show up and that altar it's, it's not so much like a big massive power encounter or that that will happen it's like a reorientation you already see it you already experienced that aren't you the, the let's just pray for an increase of that father god we just pray for the beauty of who jesus is to to when she steps in before young people that that love go out of her like a virtue in the spirit realm and cause there to come the help that they knew somebody could help them, but they didn't know where it was going to come from. And those we just claim now, we just claim that those uh, bondages fall off, those mentalities break, that you would, uh, we just see this uh, overflowing like more like a river now. We just ask, Father, for salvations in droves in the name of Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Can we pray in the Spirit here? Pray. Just lift that up before Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Cast off all discouragement. I don't think you have any, but cast it off. I know you get buffeted. Anybody who stands in the front lines gets buffeted. But we, we just cast that off. Everybody just shake your shoulders and say, I'm, I'm, I'm getting back in the game. I'm getting back in the Throw me the ball, coach. I'm going to run a touchdown. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and stand together. Hallelujah. Once again, lift your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for cherishing us. Thank you for the purity of your love for us. Thank you for the profound desire that you liberate us to express who you are. Thank you for that. Praise you for that. Praise you, Lord. Lord, I just praise you for your cherished ones here. And we thank you, Lord, for overthrowing every work of darkness that has been blocking or hindering in every way. Um, I'm going to just go to declare financial increase in the name of Jesus. Financial increase in the name of favor, favor, the blessing your hands, blessing the work of your hands, the favor of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If there's anybody who needs other prayer, we're, there's several of us down here. We were dismissed. Love on each other.